Follow with us this evening in verse 20 of 2 Timothy chapter number 2. The Bible said, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Let us pray. Father, we are thankful tonight for the privilege to be gathered together, and thank you, Lord, for this Lord's Day, and thank you for this desire we have in our heart tonight to be gathered with your people. And I pray that where this word is open, not only here in this place, but wherever this word is open tonight, that your word would have free course, that it will run where it needs to run. Father, take the path that you've designed it to take, and Lord, that lives would be changed as a result. Lord, I pray tonight as we preach for a few moments that what we hear tonight would not just be words, but Father, they would truly be the Word of God. And Lord, may we not just listen tonight for further instruction only, but may we listen tonight that the Word of God may do a work in our heart, a change in us that would help us to desire and long to be vessels of honor and servants of God, vessels meet for the Master's use Uh, vessels that you would be pleased to use and be pleased with. May we be clean and may we be holy and may we be the servants of God that you would have us to be. So Father, I pray now the Spirit of God would take your word and Father, you know what you have placed upon my heart and my mind tonight and help me, Father, to be able to say that, Lord, that would please you. And again, I pray for the needs of our church family. Lord, you'd work in each of them to your glory, and to your honor. We love you tonight, and thank you for your saving grace. Help us this week to serve you and to honor you, and we'll praise you for all you do, for it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. As I previously mentioned, we have looked at the illustration or the metaphor of the soldier, the athlete, the farmer, and the craftsman or the workman. And all of these illustrations that Paul has given to Timothy He has combined them. They they don't stand on their own in totality, but they all are meshed together and used together to show a total dedication and a total commitment for the purpose of each one. Whether it be a soldier on the battlefield, an an athlete on the field of athletics, or a farmer out in the field of labor, or whether it be a workman or a craftsman in his workshop as he fashions a piece of wood or metal or whatever it might be, all of these work together to show that whatever an individual does, they are to do all of it their very best, and they are doing it for a desired fruit, for a desired end result. And tonight we carry that same thought into the fifth metaphor that Paul uses in this chapter in verse 21 when he talks about a vessel of honor. He says, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel of honor. Speaking, as we'll look at, at vessels that are inside of a house or inside of a home. Paul wanted Timothy to understand if he's going to be a usable instrument for God, 
if he is going to be used to preach the gospel, if he is going to be used uh, to be the leader of the churches that he would minister in and serve God through, if he was going to be able to multiply the church, and if he was going to be able to do what the opening verses of this chapter has told him to do, that he's to hold fast uh, that uh, the witness and he's to commit it to other men so they can teach others as well, then not only does he need to be a good soldier on the battlefield, a good athlete in running the race, a good farmer as he expects fruit from what he is doing, and a good workman as he fashions and frames those that are under his ministry. But he's to be a clean vessel. He is to be a vessel of honor, a man that pursues holiness, and one that prepares himself to be used by God in any capacity that God would see fit. A vessel of honor, a holy man. Why is God asking this of Timothy? Because it mentions in verse number 20, that there is a master of the house. But in the great house, these vessels. And down in verse 21, there's a master who is in charge of all of these things that are inside a great house. And so if, if the master of the house has gotten all of these vessels and they are in the house, it is the master's plan, it is the master's preference to use these for His glory and honor. Our Master tonight, of course, is the Lord Himself, a holy Master, and one that is holy and expects holiness from His people. Habakkuk 1.13 says, speaking of God, Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and cannot look on iniquity. Our God is holy, and our God expects His people to live holy and to live clean, and to be honorable instruments in the hands of God to be used for His purposes. God is pure and holy, and if you and I want to serve Him tonight, we must also be in pursuit of that purity and that holiness. We must be free from sin, striving for holiness. It doesn't mean that we are perfect as far as never committing sin, but it means that we are are His vessels, and we want to be used by Him and bring glory and honor unto Him. Now to us tonight, the analogy and the illustrative language that Paul is using here may be somewhat a challenge, for most of us tonight did not come here from great mansions and great houses, although the homes that we did come from would be considered that in comparison with many places around the world. But if you could picture in your mind a great house, maybe a large or a very, uh, a very uh, complimented house, it has everything in it that is needed to be called that great house. And that is the picture that Paul sets. He is using familiar and interesting language here that would be familiar to those in Ephesus and those in the places that would, uh, this message would flow this young preacher, is inter, uh, he is emphasizing, he will be emphasizing to those he pastors uh, the truth that you and I are in something great tonight as children of God. And we certainly are. We are part of the great house of God, which of course refers to His people and to His church. 
And there were many of these great houses literally in Paul's day, in Timothy's day, large homes in Greece that was owned by the rich and the affluent. Ephesus was certainly a very rich commercial and financial hub of the, of the Roman world in that day. And so the people would have known what Paul was talking about when he talked about a great house. You and I as Christians tonight, according to 1 Peter 2, 5, we are also part of a household of faith. We are part of a great house of faith, the great church of the living God. And in here tonight are vessels that may look to us as common or may look to us that they are not that well off. Others may. But we are vessels that God has saved by His grace and placed within His house in different ways for different uses. Uh, look at it as the utensils that are designed to please or to complement the master that is in his house. We are not our own tonight. Paul tells us that. We are bought with a price and we are to glorify God in our bodies and in our spirit which belongs to God. The church is not mine nor is it yours. It belongs to the master. The house is his and the people that live within it, the people that minister within it, Paul, Timothy, you and I, everyone that is a part of the church tonight, we belong to him. We are his vessels. He has chosen us. He has taken us out of a sinful world and placed us within his house in order to bring glory unto him. So I want us to look tonight at three aspects of this text First of all, in verse 20, we will see briefly the master's plan. The master has a plan for his house and for the utensils that are in that house. Secondly, if you'll notice with me, the master's preference. In this text, the master teaches us, the word teaches us, that the master of the house has a preference. And his preference is to use clean vessels, honorable vessels. That's his preference that is listed in the text. Thirdly, if you will notice with me, there's a promise from the Master. He promises us in this text that if we, as the vessels, if we will purge or if we will cleanse ourselves, then we can be useful to the Master. I don't know anyone tonight who truly belongs to Christ that wants to be unusable, that wants to be unuseful, not usable for anything. Back several months ago, and even before that, as I began to do some cleanup at my father's house and uh, things that were there that needed to be, things needed to be done with them, and I would find something and wouldn't know what it was, I would take a picture on my phone and ask my dad, I'd say, Dad, what is this? He would tell me what that was, but it didn't matter what it was. I can tell you what came next. Don't ever throw that away. It didn't matter if he knew what it was or didn't know what it was. He made up something. Usually he was right, but it always was followed with don't throw that away because it can be used for something somewhere, sometime, someday. Well, children of God are useful or God would not have saved us by His grace. Don't ever let the enemy tell you that you are not useful to the kingdom of God. Don't ever tell yourself that by looking at others or comparing what you are with some other vessel in the house. 
One particular reason that I love this particular text and this particular uh, illustration or metaphor is because these vessels for which Paul is comparing Timothy and his life to, these are vessels that are in the house. Did you notice that in verse 20? But in a great house, uh, there are vessels of gold and silver, wood, different kind, but they are in the house. They are not out on the street corner on display. Whenever the master goes out, he don't take all of these vessels with him. They are where they need to be in the house to be used for the capacity for which the master owns them and which the master has them. Sometimes God's people think my life and my testimony is no good because it can't be out there where everybody sees it. It's not in the limelight. It's not out there where people notice it. I want you to know the great vessels that are used of God tonight and that are sanctified and pure and holy and used for His glory are those that are really in the house. They carry on inside the family of God. We don't need a limelight to be useful. We don't need a parade to know, to know that we're there. How many parades have you ever seen where somebody took everything they had and owned and just went down the middle of the street and showed you all about it? What good is a lamp outside of a house? On, it needs to be inside. The utensils, the cooking utensils, those things that are often kept in drawers and cabinets and hid behind the scenes that keep the house in ministry, those are things that are to be used for His glory. So don't ever allow the enemy or tell yourself that your life is not useful simply because it's not out there in the limelight. First of all, tonight in verse 20, the master's plan is to use vessels. This master was master of a great house, and he owned inside that house, he owned vessels, utensils. He owned things that were used to keep that house in ministry. They were familiar with the word vessel. It's a common New Testament word. Paul used it often. If you remember in Acts 9.15, whenever God confronted Saul on the Damascus road. If you remember what he told Saul, you are a chosen what? You are a chosen vessel. If you remember over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 7, Paul talked about those vessels again. He mentioned that several times. So this word could cover a lot of things, and it means a variety of implements. It could mean uh, things used in a kitchen, things used in making furniture. It could mean things used to repair. It could mean a lot of different things, but the master owns these vessels. Don't ever forget tonight that God feeds and God nourishes and God blesses His people through fragile human vessels such as you and such as me. You can read John 21, how He used those fragile fishermen who had who had doubted Christ, and he would use them to carry the gospel around the world. He uses fragile vessels. He uses things that others would dare not use. He tells us in the fourth chapter of this letter uh, to his vessels, his servants, his preachers, to Timothy, preach the word. I'm using you to carry the message of the gospel. God uses what he chooses. And God has the right to do that because the house belongs to Him and everything in the house belongs to Him. I don't know of a greater honor tonight than 
to have the master of the house use us as a vessel to feed his people and take the gospel to a lost world. What an honor it is tonight for God to be able to use us in whatever capacity that he sees fit to use us. He has called us and placed us as his people. Timothy is in a very heated environment. He's living in a, in a very environment of false teaching and false doctrine. And uh, oftentimes this young preacher must have felt like, how in the world can God use me in the midst of these often more educated and more talented false teachers? And yet God wants to use me. He's about to take the big name off the scene, Paul, and he's going to leave me, Timothy, here to give the truth. He must have felt incompetent at times, and he must have felt like the most uh, invaluable vessel that God had in the house. Paul wants him to understand it was God's plan to use him, and it's God's plan to use us and to use his children in that way. But that leads me to the second thing that I want to say, and that is the master's preference. The master's plan is to use vessels like you and I in his house for his glory. But he does have a preference tonight. And that preference is that the vessels he used, that they be clean. The vessels, as I've already mentioned, refers to various individuals who make up the visible church. Paul here is looking at the church, and he sees the church, and he wants Timothy to see the church as Paul is seeing the church. The church has always included people of different degrees of understanding, different degrees of insight, different degrees of comprehension, just like every other thing in life. Not everybody is on the same page. I've told you before, my pastor always told me, preach to the sheep and let the giraffes bend down. And I thought to myself, that's pretty good. But sometimes in a church family, People in the congregation think the pastor, and often he gets reproved, you need to be preaching on this level, or you need to be preaching on that level. I need to be preaching on the level that God has called me to preach on. That's the level that I have to preach on, just like Timothy did with these people. Every vessel in the house is not on the same level. They are not for the same use. But I have confidence tonight in the Word of God and in the Holy Spirit of God, that when people come before God with an open heart, the preaching of the Word of God, rightly divided, will not only nourish and feed the congregation, but mature it no matter what level you are on. Listen, i got, I got enough sense to know you can't teach algebra to a kindergartner. You can't do it. Oh, there may be one in a million you could, but you have to wait. Maturity comes from the Lord. So in the house of God, there are individuals on different levels. Look at the text. There are vessels in that house of gold. There are vessels of silver. There are some there of wood and some of earth. They're all, some were made out of wood. Some were pottery made out of earth. Other things were gold and silver. If, you have got a, if you've got a, uh, a, a spoon or a fork made out of dirt, I wouldn't suggest that you stir the soup with that. If that gets too hot, you're... Your soup's going to get cloudy rather quickly. Everything has its design purpose of God. And that's the way it is within the, within the church. Paul makes a further distinction between those who made up the visible church by classifying them as some vessels of honor and some vessels of dishonor. 
There are not only differing aspects of our level of what we're used for in the church, but there are also people within the church of dishonor. Now some take this, dishonor, and won't apply it to the unbelievers. But there has always been people within the church of dishonor, meaning people who do not pursue holiness and cleanliness. They do not want to be used of God in the way that they are. In this situation, it could have referred to some things about false teaching that we'll get into in just a few moments. But it makes it clear that uh, the church will always have that. There's going to be tares among the wheat until the Lord separates all of that in the end. But what I'm pressing tonight is this. The master prefers. His preference is that every vessel be one of honor. Why? Because he himself is one of honor. You see, when you and I live in honor as servants of God, we reflect the character of our master. We reflect who our Lord is and who our Savior is. The word honor there means value. It means dignity. It means of high price and purpose. There's a certain kind of vessel that our Lord uses and a certain kind that He doesn't. There are certain kinds of vessels that are valuable and of purpose to Him and others that are not. I've used this illustration numerous times before, but if you came to eat with me at my home, and this is not a formal invitation, this is a formal illustration. I just want to make mention of that. But if you come to eat with me at my home, and you'll know it's an illustration when I tell you what I'm serving. If you come to eat with me in my home, and you smell, when you get out of the car, a sirloin steak, if you smell steak cooking, and you, and you know, we've all had those, those smells. When you just came out of the house and seen you were having beanie weenies, and you go out to mow, and your neighbor is grilling, you know what that does to you. If you smell that, and then you come in, and I say dinner is served, and you come in, and I go outside, take the lid off of my trash can, put it on the table, and flop that steak on the trash can lid, then things are really going to be disinteresting in a hurry. What I'm serving may be top of the line. What I'm serving, serving may have attracted you, but the way in which I served it has taken away the value from what I am serving. I want to tell you the gospel is not to be presented tonight on a paper plate. The gospel is not to be truth tonight. And the word of God is not to be presented tonight by men who have no character and by Christians who have no integrity and by people who are slack in the way they live and in the way they maintain their life. We are tonight to be vessels of honor. Vessels that glorify and honor Him. A good homemaker invests hours in preparing a meal. And she is, she's wise enough not to distract from that meal with a dirty table or a, or a dirty surroundings. She does everything in order to make that meal appealing. If that's true in the lost secular world tonight, how much more wiser is God not to share the gospel to a hungry world through vessels that are constantly distracting from the message of hope. God can use the, anything He chooses to use, but His preference here is that we be vessels of honor. God pays attention to things that distract from the content. Ephesians says that we're to speak the truth in love. You can take the glorious gospel and have a stinking attitude and do a lot of harm 
to the purpose of the truth of God. He is saying to Timothy, you're going to be listening to these arrogant, ugly, false teachers. And he said, I want you to be a vessel of honor. You are going to be among a bunch of people who don't care how they, how they live, how they present themselves, but you be a vessel of honor. Maybe you've heard this, you probably have, but have you ever heard the statement, God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick? Well, I've heard that many times, and I guess God can do it because He's God and can do whatever He wants to do. But I've heard that statement many times, and frankly, it's always bothered me. I understand what people mean if they're talking about God may be using a preacher or God may be using a teacher or any of us for that matter who may not be well-versed on a subject or we may be lacking in competence in some area, but our heart is to do what God wants us to do, and so God overrides our lack, our L-A-C-K, God overrides that and uses what we say or do for His honor and glory. Uh, an example of that would be Moses in the Old Testament who was not eloquent with speech, and yet God used that. Uh, God took him in that crookedness, if you want to use the word there, I wouldn't use the word crookedness there, but to illustrate what I'm saying, that weakness, God still used that. He provided Aaron to help him, but God still used that. However, this crooked stick uh, illustration has gotten out of hand. A few years ago, a dear preacher friend of mine booked an evangelist to preach at his church. This evangelist was known then and even more so now for being narcissistic. He, and that means he was just absorbed with himself. Uh, he was more of an entertainer than a preacher, willing to use any gimmick, theatrics, and whatever means necessary to get people, whatever age, to walk an aisle. If he could get you to laugh to come to Christ, he would. If he could scare you to come to Christ, he would. He would do that and still does that to this day. And I was sitting in a service when my preacher friend said this about this evangelist, and these are the words he said, and I quote, I know some people don't like, and I'll leave the line blank tonight. I could just give his initials, but that'd be even worse. He said, I know some people don't like this particular man, but I want to remind you, God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. Now, what he was telling me was this. This man's crooked. We know he's crooked. We know he's a narcissist. We know he doesn't preach the gospel. We know all of this. But God's going to use this man to come into our church and help our people understand the gospel and live for Christ. That is totally contrary to what I'm reading here tonight. I want you to understand this. God can. If you read the passage in Philippians where Paul's in, I've mentioned this several times, outside of where Paul is under house arrest, men are preaching Christ of strife and envy for different reasons. And Paul said, I thank God Christ is being preached. That's a different scenario. When someone has a crooked character, when someone is immoral, when someone's life is violating the very Word of God, God's preference is to use vessels of honor. And that ought to be our desire tonight, to, to be used of God, because that is God's preference. The Bible said that after the, after the world by wisdom knew not God, it said that it pleased God through the foolishness of preaching to save them that would believe. 
That was God's preference. God could have chosen that the gospel be communicated through the birds of the air or the lilies of the field. He could have cho- if God chose that, He could have done that. But He chose to use it through vessels of clay. Vessels of humanity like me and others and you. He chose to use it through people. But it doesn't matter how clayish the vessel is. It doesn't matter how woodish the vessel is. If that vessel is sanctified, if that vessel is pure, and if that vessel is clean, then God can use it and God can be glorified. Now here's the glorious part of this tonight. Not only the master's plan to use vessels, And the master's preference to use clean vessels and honorable vessels. But look at the master's promise. He says in verse 21, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Timothy, you don't have to worry about the work ahead for you. If you will purge yourself, then you're going to be a vessel of honor, You're going to be set apart from me, and you're going to be useful for the Master's use. What a great promise. That's from the Master. God is saying to Timothy and to us tonight, it is possible for any vessel, for any child of God listening tonight, any age, it is possible for you and I to be a vessel that God can use. I want to be that vessel tonight. I hope hope you have a desire to be that vessel. That word meat means profitable. It means valuable. But the condition of the promise is that you and I must purge ourselves from these. These what? These dishonorable vessels. These who have no desire to be clean and to be used by God. In the illustration I just gave of the evangelist, I'll apply that to my own life. For me to be in line with this text and for me to be a vessel of honor, I must cleanse myself. I must separate myself from those types of vessels. It doesn't mean I hate anybody. It doesn't mean I talk down about anybody. It doesn't mean I run down people. It doesn't mean I sarcastically or arrogantly call them names. It means that if you're going to stay clean, You have to be separate from that which is unclean. Proverbs 13, 20 said, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. Let me break that down and tell you what what that means. It means that if you walk with wise men, you're going to be wise. That's really hard to understand, isn't it? He goes on and said, But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. If you hang around a bunch of idiots, guess what you're going to be one of these days? But stay with the wise. Stay with the honorable vessels. Stay with the clean with the sanctified, and with those that are set apart. We must be purged, in verse 16 through 18, from doctrinal impurity. We must separate ourselves from impure doctrine. Paul may have been referring to Hymenaeus and Philetus when he said that, who were teaching about the resurrection already past, but our Christian faith has become so mingled and mixed up with so many ideologies tonight that it's hard to distinguish for most people between biblical truth and cultural tradition. Paul said you must purge yourself from these. And then we must be purged from moral impurity in verse number 22, and I'll mention that in the weeks to come. The honor and dishonor of a vessel is not measured by its size. It's not measured 
primarily by its purpose, whether it's doing this for the church or doing that for the church, it's measured by the way in which it is used and the way in which it is treated. Clean surgical instruments, I've, I assume this, and if this is wrong, please don't tell me, and please don't ever allow me to have surgery again. But I assume clean surgical instruments are kept separate from dirty instruments. I shouldn't even have used that illustration. We all have nightmares. But I assume that's the way it's supposed to be. I assume at your house there are certain things kept in certain places that are not to touch other things. I learned that as a young father. Boiling bottles and nipples and things for babies. You keep this separate. You don't put that in the same place that you put your ice cream bowl. You don't do that. You keep those things separate. And that is true in the church. We must be in our place used for the right purpose. Purging from these. What are these? We must purge ourselves. We must separate ourselves. We must clean ourselves from the careless and the unconcerned, from those who have no desire for sanctified living or serving the Lord. I walk among people every day. So do you. We live among people. We even come to church sometimes among people who really have no desire to serve God, but we keep ourselves pure and clean. Let me say in closing tonight, this purging or cleansing your life, the promise here is it will make you an honorable vessel with great usefulness to God. And that's the exact opposite of thinking tonight. There's this mentality tonight in some people's lives that you get saved and then you live like you want to live and God's pleased with that. Then there's another way of thinking that as long as you've got all your T's and your I's dotted, God's pleased with that. Uh, that character is irrelevant, and all that doesn't matter anymore. But I want to tell you, holiness is essential to doing any good work for God and any good work in life. And this conditional tonight, this promise is conditional. It's there in the text, verse 21. If a man, if a man does, God will use him. If a man doesn't, his life will not be used. But let me just remind you in closing tonight, you can't accomplish purging on your own. You can't accomplish cleansing on your own. That's a work of God's grace. That's a work of God's power. You can't draw up enough rules to stay clean. You can't draw up enough things to make you what you need to be. That takes the grace of Almighty God. And by His grace, we can do it. For Timothy, he must keep himself separate from false teachers, from the erroneous doctrines, and from those in the church that would want to go that way, he must be among the honorable vessels, the clean, and meet for the master's use. Don't miss these important truths tonight in the text. First of all, all of these vessels, all the vessels, belong to the master. The wood vessels are just as important as the silver and gold vessels in this text. But only the vessels of honor are those that will be used by the Master. And those vessels of honor must be kept clean when you and I make the determination that we're going to remain clean. Preacher, I want to be a vessel tonight used of God. Good. 
Preacher, I want to be clean. How do I stay clean? The Bible said, Jesus said, Now you are clean through the words that I have spoken unto you. In the morning, this evening, tomorrow evening, if you want to clean your life up, just open this book and start reading it. There's cleansing power in the Word of God. Jesus said it. We are clean through the words that He has spoken unto us. We need honorable vessels, usable vessels, presentable vessels. That is what Paul wanted for Timothy. It's what Christ wants for His church. It's what I want for you. Hopefully you want for yourself. And what I hope you want for me. May God help us tonight to be vessels meet for the Master's use. Father.